listening to Enjoy an Album, the podcast where two comedians listen to the top 500 greatest albums of all time. Hello, album enjoyers. Welcome to the Enjoy an Album podcast. My name is Liam Woodnow. This is not him. This is another person, Christopher McArthur. Bye. We're listening to the top 500 albums of all time as according to Rolling Stone magazine. Sometimes we agree, sometimes we do not. Sometimes things get tense. Sometimes things get a little bit spicy. A couple of spicy takes, a couple of uh, missing rakes. We steal each other's rakes. Um, what's been happening in the world? I mean, just this week when we're at the time of recording was the, the big Spotify unwrapped. Oh. Um, and I have to say, doing the podcast, I thought <laughs> would make my um, unwrapped really cool. Uh-huh. Um, but it, no amount of podcast research can undo the lame music I listen to whilst running. Um, so And the chill hop that was served as the background to my Twitch streams for the oh, first God. half of the year. So my number one track was all this, like, you know, DJ Cumface and... <laughs> Great music to study and relax to. Yeah. Lo-fi beats to study and relax to. Lo-fi beats to jack off to. The twenty twenty one version of elevator music, essentially. It's a, yeah, basically exactly that. So that that my rap was totally ruined by that. The only tracks that made it were um, Harry Styles' "Fine Line" and um, "At Midnight" by uh, Rufus. Yeah. At midnight. At midnight. At midnight. So that was when we started it, and we were like, we need to listen to this loads and loads and loads. Well, I, well, not just that, but also because I do actually listen to the playlist. Oh, yeah, they'll that, drop up more it, than anything else. Well, that has come up on top of me having listened to it at the time, and yeah, because we add to the playlist each week every time I play it, that's been there since the beginning. Mm-hmm. So that's why. That's why. It's more um, likely I mean, to But up. that's fine. It's a good song. Midnight, midnight, midnight. I don't have Spotify wrapped because I don't support the absolute shiving uh, of the music industry that's conducted by those fat cats mm. and the slim margin of profit that is offered to the hard working artist as a communist myself the fat cats and the slim cocks <laughs> two great blues legends <laughs> fat cat junkie balls <laughs> it's one of my favourite post-war blues but okay but um do you have uh here's a question uh-huh. out of nowhere mm-hmm. oh, oh no i can't ask you this question because i believe it's a mailbag question oh so what never, was it going never to mind be? no it doesn't matter we recorded uh the first part one of the mailbag episode before this yeah um and we've got part two coming soon so you've probably just got enough time to send in mailbag no i reckon they don't if you have a question you have to wait until next year we may do it more often than that Due to necessity. Yeah. Uh, also, we can just email you back, maybe. Or we'll stick it in an intro for something if they're a good question. If you want to ask, yeah, that's actually a good point. If you want to ask any questions that weren't covered in the mailbag episode, then just ask us at any time. <laughs> and We're we'll, accessible. And if it's good, yeah, then we'll say on the podcast, or, you know, listen, my door is always open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you okay. want to chat, sign into my DMs. If you want to chat, here's my address. Come and get me. <laughs> Go on in. No. Um, I'll meet I, you outside I the, the big safe. I did dox myself at a gig recently. Really? I just told people where I lived and it was really... The, the, the bar that I was getting in was like really close to where I lived. And Why did you do that? I thought it'd be funny. I was. I did it a lot when I was live streaming on Twitch. Yeah. Because I would often... Like if it was snowing, I would like show my webcam <laughs> outside and everyone could just see where I live. Yeah. It's great being unsuccessful enough that nobody cares. Or a man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's great being a man. You're right. <laughs> I love being a man. I think it's class. Um, speaking of great men, class men, <laughs> shout out to Eddie Ting. Shout out to Eddie Ting, a.k.a. Will McKee. Will you stop being so great at editing podcasts, but actually, please don't stop. Don't be stopping that, please. Don't be stopping that, please. Please. Um, as ever, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell your friends. The podcast? <laughs> That's what it Whoa. is. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You like that? 
We should decode this. We should do a chat podcast called Podclass. Podclass. That's absolutely Podclass. If you enjoy the Podclass, uh, please tell all of your friends in class. Don't, um, don't talk to children. If you're a teacher, don't recommend this to your if you're students. T- if you're a teacher, stop talking to children. Yeah. Don't teach them no. anything. That's gross. Especially when the, the, the unions are on strike for stuff if like that. If you are teaching children, to me... That's a red flag. You're a pedo for sure. Yeah, that's no real. <laughs> Check the hard drive on that guy. What? Oh, what? He wants to teach children. Sounds so sus to me. I do genuinely think that is an opinion held by society. <laughs> I thought you were going to say. I do genuinely think that. <laughs> I genuinely think all teachers are pedos. <laughs> no, no. There's some good ones. Hello, any new listeners? This is not the usual. Actually, no, this we're... is what we're always like. This no. is this is it. This no. is it. We barely talk about the album. We just fucking. Accuse uh, well-meaning members of society of horrible crimes. This is just the intro. Uh, hey, enjoy the app. It's a good one. It's the Flying Burrito Bros. Um, uh, we're a couple of bros, and uh, spoiler alert, it's a cool album with a cool story. Feel like hearing about how people die and what happens to their body. Yeah, there's Keep a fucking listening. Honestly, one of the coolest uh, rock and roll stories ever. I would say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's a good album. It's a good episode. You're a good person. Well done. Congratulations. A, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Is this coming out to Christmas? Um, around that time, or New Year. Mm-hmm. Um, keep living your authentic self. You do you, boo. You're doing great, sis. Don't speak like that. Hey, hun. Uh, time to check your skincare regime. See, by the time we get to the top ten of this record in nine years, I like that will be outlawed. No, it'll be the only way everyone speaks to each other. Right, yeah, probably. Hey, girl, you got this. <laughs> and we got this. And by this, I mean this upcoming episode of Enjoy an Album. Please. Stone Magazine's blurb for... I've forgotten the name of the album. It's called The Gilded Palace of Sin. The Gilded Palace of Sin by the Flying Burrito Brothers. A landmark of country rock, or as Graham Parsons called it, cosmic American music. He and Chris Hillman were a pair of ex-birds who'd flown the coop. (laughs) Very clever. The burritos put their poetic twist on hillbilly twang, proudly wearing nudie suits... And bringing in the pedal steel guitar of Sneaky Pete Kleinow. Boy, I love them, Bob Dylan told Rolling Stone. Their record instantly knocked me out. They sing Sin City in high, lonesome, two part harmony, sounding like country boys lost in the decadence of 60s LA. Wheels is God fearing hippie soul. Hey, I love them. Hey, man, Flying Marino, one of my favorite bands. Plastic Fantastic, Dildos. I can't wait for the Bob Dylan episode, and it's just that for an hour. Just going to do that for an hour. I might do an hour for an hour. Oh, what did you know about the Flying Burrito Brothers? Huh? Um, the Flying Burrito Brothers, uh, I had never heard of them until we first looked at this list and decided to do this as a podcast, yeah. and then it kind of just popped up as one that was like, okay, is anybody going to listen to the Flying Burrito Brothers? Album yeah. podcast episode. Yeah, they're one of those bands that this, this 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 album did not chart well. What do you think of the name? I think this is a big source of contention, isn't it? Because much like the Isley Brothers or Isley Brothers, Isley Brothers, the Isley Brothers. If you're wrong about it, you will call it that. I was talking about how that's like a bad name for them, mm. and they could have been, should have been called something. I think I called them Zip Zap Zoo, and that wasn't a better name. Although you could always find them at the end of a alphabetized list. Oh, ZZ Top. Oh, fuck. Right, near the end. <clears throat> so I would say if the Flying Burrito Brothers were called anything but the Flying Burrito Brothers, they probably would have done a lot better. It's if kind of were, a shit name. If they were called The Brothers mm-hmm. or The Burritos. Maybe, yeah. Maybe just get away from Mexican food, though. They're not very Mexican. It's not like they're doing... Uh, Mariachi music, do you know? The quesadillas. I'm Why not? Like an American Mexican. type of thing? Like the the grits and mashed 
potato the mashed potatoes the, the, the macaroni and cheese as a side <laughs> that's like a big thing where like we we would have macaroni and cheese as a main but in america that's a side dish and if you tell someone you have macaroni as a main they're like what the fuck well yeah it's like um, having mashed potatoes i mean which i have done well i mean yeah Not deliberately sausage but mash oh you mean just mash mm-hmm. you'd eat a bowl with, of mashed potato with some gravy this is the Enjoying Album Podcast. We are working our way through the top 500 albums of all time, and occasionally we talk about mashed potato. Flying Burrito Brothers. Uh, it's, not good, it's not a good name, but... I mean, they kind of had a better... Because the guy was in the birds and kind of dominated the birds. The birds were like a Beatles-influenced folk country band with mm. the kind of 12-string, chimey, Rickenbacker guitar stuff that kind of influenced the Smiths and a lot of other rock bands. Um, what are some of their songs? Fucking, they covered Bob Dylan. Hey, Mr. Tambourine, Tambourine Man. Yeah, that one. And uh, they have one called like 10 Miles High or something. They're good, they're good. There's like, one famous one. Hang on, no, I looked up earlier. I was like, oh, that's them. Wait a second. Uh, and, and I've forgotten it. Oh, turn, turn, turn. But it doesn't go like that. Turn, turn, turn. That's it. I was singing dream, dream, dream. Dream. That's not by the birds. That's by uh, another group of artists. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, so anyway, right. Um, so he was in. The, right, we'll go, we'll, we'll, we're going to work out all through. I right, think he got the the band. I've heard. I think I heard them for the first time. The name of them when I was fourteen in a Chuck Klosterman book, and I was like, I wonder what they sound like. Probably shit because the name's bad. It sounds like a. Um, a university sketch group at the Edinburgh Fringe. It sounds to me... We're the Flying Burrito Brothers. Hi, guys. We're the Flying Burrito Brothers. We're on after the Jam Sandwich Fun Club. We're on after the Durham Review. <laughs> and we're actually really excited about it. We've got a great sketch about uh, eating ham in space. We've got one about Tinder, but it's like in space. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'm on the moon. I'm not getting anybody near me. Except, like, moon people. It's like, oh. That's actually way more grounded than any university sketch groups. <laughs> university sketch groups is more more like, oh, there's a guy, and instead of legs, he has, like, alpacas. Yeah. <laughs> I actually think they sound less like that as a name and more like a food truck at a festival that's charging 14 quid for a tiny enchilada. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, flying, flying burrito brothers, and with one of their logo is like um, just their initials in a circle with like a cross. I was thinking more like a cartoon burrito with wings. Okay, is this but something that's... that you wanted to set up? It sounds like you're pitching it to me. Well, we both like food. Are we the flying burrito brothers? Only in our dreams. Only in my dreams. Uh, please, may we have. A live rendition of the Secret Pasho jingle. Secret Pasho, Secret Secret Pasho. It will first and feel like Nacho. I got no money, you got Dosh Bro, Secret Pasho. That's good. I got no money, you got Dosh Bro. Uh-huh. That's great. You came up with that? No, I, I, I didn't say Dosh Bro, I don't think. That's no. a better rhyme than I think I said. Yes, but we're collaborating here. Graham Parsons, who is the main man for this album's uh, iteration of the Flying Burrito Brothers, really. He has has this album, I would Real name. Wait until you hear this. Ingram Cecil Connor the Third. Ingram. Ingram. The only time I've heard the name Ingram is Major Charles Ingram, the famous secret million, the famous uh, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire cheat. The coffer. Maybe he had COVID. He wasn't the know. coffer. He was the oh. one in the seat. It was his friend who was the coffer. He was the the recipient of a cough. Yeah. Who, yeah, I guess maybe was ill. And that was it all along. Um, his... Can I just say, though? What about Ingram Toenail? <laughs> <laughs> That's not something I would say. You ever had one of them? I've never had an Ingram Toenail. I think I did once, but I just kind of... Ignored it. Yeah. I've had toenails fall off. Really? Yeah, after like, but I've run a few marathons, <laughs> and uh, it's a, a side effect of 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 long long distance running is sometimes your toenails go. See, marathon run, and another way I get to it, marathon running because we're talking about a very interesting musician here, but it mm. does seem like a senseless abuse of your own mortal shell. 
Yeah, I'd agree with that. Your nipples are torn off, your toenails fall off, you shit yourself. Yeah. And people go, that's great, I'm going to stand next to a road and watch you run past me. If any other hobby, mm-hmm. you came in on to work after the weekend, say you were really into baking, mm-hmm. and you came in on Monday morning, and someone said, what'd you get up to at the weekend? And he said, I baked for eight hours in a row. Yeah. My tits were bleeding. Yeah, I was lactating plasma. I shat myself. Yep. And my family gave me a medal at the end. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, that sounds great. You'd be like, I don't know that happened behind the scenes in the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> uh, Ingram Cecil Connor Third, his grandfather was a fruit magnate responsible for a third of Florida's fruit exports. Uh-huh. Um, post-World War Two, there was a huge um, citrus boom. It's called the Orange County for a reason. Yeah, um, because it makes it red and blue. Mm-hmm. Does red and blue make orange? No. Purple. Well, Fuck. Yeah. They should go to Purple County. They shouldn't, because they call it Orange County because they grow oranges. Right, that makes sense. He went to the Bulls School, Bowles School, B-O-U-L-E-S, Bowles School, which was a military academy turned liberal arts private school. Um, now, I want to bring this up. He, he, he was obviously very rich. In fact, his when he started playing music, his parents bought a nightclub for him to perform in. Makes sense. Um, but they were very... Like very sad people, messed up people. I watched the documentary. A, I watched the documentary, and there's people like for the Rolling Stones, like Keith Richards shows up and talks about him, and he's like, "Oh, bloody hell, he was brilliant." But then they get in a guy who's like a citrus expert, and he's like, "That family, they changed oranges in America." <laughs> and you're like, "It's cool how people for different spheres are both respectful of them for different reasons." <laughs> Before they he they came along, nobody was putting little stickers on oranges. Was that them? No, I made that. Oh up. fuck! I thought I that was very cool. That'd be a great factoid. <laughs> um, but then also, and then also in the documentary, they were talking about how the dad came back for the war. He had PTSD, and he married into this orange family, and the whole family hated them. And what he committed suicide? He killed himself. Yeah, yeah. he killed himself, and um, then his mother. Um, Drank herself to de- death after his stepdad was found to be having an extramarital affair. So, pretty unhappy in the Cecil Connor III household. See, is this guy so rich that it's not secret posho? I don't feel like he ever tried to hide the fact. No, I guess not. I mean, it was very, yeah, it's very well documented, well known. So, it's not secret posho, but it is posho. Posho posho, super, for sure. Super posho. This is, this is Win Butler all over again. Yeah, yeah, Hundo P. This is... um. It may be one of the poshest we've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've had some some poshest. But it's just, all we ever really want to do is reiterate the fact that the game is rigged and unless you were born into, uh, you know, landed gentry, then there's no point in producing art because no one will ever listen. Of course. Um, I've only just realised that Graham is short for Ingram. I didn't even, yeah. I was so busy thinking about toenails. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. I thought it was that thing of like Americans call like people called Craig, they'll call them Craig. Craig. I thought it was like That's fucked up, Graham it? instead of Graham. Whenever there's someone called Craig in an American show, I'm convinced that they're called Greg. Uh-huh. But it's they they say Craig. Craig. Craig went to the grocery. There's some words Americans shouldn't say. If you were saying heard an American say bollocks. Bollocks. It's so <laughs> stupid. What did they, did they say like that? Basically, they can't say. They don't really say it. So I've only heard him say it when I've asked him. Can you say bollocks? You're say, a wanker. Wanker is horrible in their voice. Yeah, and um, the worst, twad. You're twad. You're such a twad. Say, say that again. You're twad. <laughs> I thought twad was like an old English cup. Hey, Cra- Craig is a real twad. Ugh. American sort it out. Cilantro. We have over three listeners in America, so. I hope, you, I hope you don't get too offended. I hope you do get offended and you learn how to fucking speak. <laughs> yeah. That's what I say. Says the Glaswegian guy in the cunt for Essex. <laughs> <laughs> hey. What do you think? I don't fucking know. I hate every American speak. Um, yeah, me too. So, our man Graham, he uh, joined the Birds, which they've got two albums in this list. Do they really? Mm-hmm. That's great. Is Sweetheart of the Rodeo one of them? Yes. Oh, great. I can't wait for that. So that, what's interesting about that is, uh, is that the um, the other guy in the birds, what is his name? David Crosby? No, who went on to do Crosby, Stills and Nash. They're in the list. Uh-huh. 
Um, but the uh, your other main man, um, Chris. Yeah. Was it Chris? Schooling? Chris Schooling is his name? McGuinn. McGuinn. McGuinn and uh, and Graham clashed big time over that album. Yeah. McGuinn wanted it to, to be this... The Bird's album. <laughs> well, he wanted it to be this big, epic journey through all of American... This big, epic musical journey through all of American musical history. Mm. So it was going to have all different types of... Classic American music from show tunes and jazz to rock and country rock. And Graham was like, no, it's got to be just country rock. Yeah, they brought him in just as a piano player. Mm. Like, they just wanted a piano player. <laughs> and they ended up getting this. He took over the band. Insane guy. Did you hear the story of how he wanted to be a musician? He went to see Elvis when he was a wee boy. And the next day, he was just like, I am going to be Elvis. Which is kind of the same thing that happened to Bruce Springsteen, I think. It's the same thing that happened to me when I first watched Liar Liar starring Jim Carrey. He thought, I'm going to lie. Yeah. I'm going to beat myself up in a toilet one day. <laughs> I definitely have done that. Yeah, I think I have as well. Very influential film. I, uh... No, I said to my mum, hey, I'd like to be like that. And then she took me to a drama club in Dagman Rebbage Football Club the next week. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. But because you're not part of the citrus monopoly. Here I am in a fucking... Nice house. No offence. I didn't change any towers. I like it. Yeah, we're doing all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Graham uh, was... They, they, they kept butting heads in the birds. And we'll go further into this when we eventually get to the birds. But very quickly, the reason that he... Like, they were butting heads about the direction of the band. Mm-hmm. And uh, the birds were going to do a tour of south africa this is you know height of apartheid 1967 or 8 and so graham's like i'm not going to fucking south africa yeah he's got the money he doesn't need to also he's a hippie i'm not of course well here's the thing it is many people have said since that he was pretty apolitical mm-hmm. and he just used this as a <laughs> way to get it. Just like, oh, yeah, no, the uh, the part, the apart, the apart, apart, what? Yeah, no, I'm not going. I'm not going. Yeah. And then he left and he took Chris with it with him. Mm-hmm. And then they started the Flying Burrito Brothers. There had been an earlier incarnation when he was in college of another band called the Flying Burrito Brothers, but I don't think they were anything like the band that came out. Why were they so insistent on keeping this terrible name? I know, it's insane. They had such a great chance. <laughs> and they joined The Birds, which is a pretty great name for a band. Do you think so? The Birds. It's kind of Beatlesy, but it's like, we're taking an animal and we're changing a one letter. I don't like it, and I'll tell you why. In the um, introduction from the Rolling Stone that we read at the beginning of this, um, they mentioned The Birds. And uh, I'll read it again. He and Chris Hillman were a pair of ex-birds who'd flown the coop. And unless you can see... That that's birds with a Y, mm-hmm. then it's like, what do you mean they're a pair of ex-birds? These two used to be birds? <laughs> These men were birds. They were pigeons? That's and now they've learned how to be humans? Yeah. Very helpful when we're, you're working in the orange fields to be able to transport the oranges via flight. <laughs> now let's say, imagine they used to be in the Beach Boys. He and Chris Hillman were a pair of ex-Beach Boys. That isn't even any better. Cause they who'd left like... the beach. But if you've heard of the Beach Boys, you know that they mean... <laughs> if you've heard of the birds, you know it's the birds. No, not necessarily. You're, you're ex-birds? What? Okay. It's not clear enough. It's a stretch. You made me a stretch, Armstrong. Never mind fucking liar, liar. And then this album was the Burrito Brothers' first album. Debut. And um, th- I love it. Is it too Whoa. early to say that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Never mind that. Holy what shit. did you think of it? <laughs> what did you think of I've it? I've got so much more to say before we get onto whether or not we yeah, enjoyed the yeah, album. Yeah, sorry, that was, that was bad. I've got so much cool. I'm just. This guy, Graham, right? He was a pretty fucked up individual. Yeah, he was drunk. So this album um, came out. It didn't do great. But this isn't one of those bands where it was like, it didn't do great, but everyone who saw him. <laughs> Loved them because uh-huh. they were notoriously shit live. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're also fucked up on drugs. Yep. They toured the album the best they could across America, mm-hmm. but um, Graham was scared of flying, so yeah. it was all trains, and they lost. <laughs> they kept losing all their money in poker games. It reminds me of my own stand-up career. Just can't the, fly, can't drive, they get trains everywhere. Just at the back of fucking the Transpennine Express. Yeah. In a. Quiet carriage, if you're smart enough. Do you like a quiet carriage? 
here's the thing about the quiet carriage. I like the idea. Mm. But I get angry when people make noise in the train. That's regardless. Fair. Right. So when I'm in the quiet carriage and someone disobeys the sacrament, mm. the promise that you made Absolutely. by sitting here. Also, yeah. quiet carriage tends to be at the end of a train. So if the end of the train and the train station is next to where the stairs are, you're going to get a lot of stupid people who don't know the rules of the train. They're going to sit in that because it's the first carriage they see. And you're going to be looking, you know, pointing your head up at the sign. So as they see it, I saw a Russian man have an argument because he didn't understand he was in the quiet carriage and he was shouting at his wife in Russian and this guy was like excuse me it's the quiet carriage and the guy was like wow yeah that's not that's not you know yeah but you know I like make fun of Russian people it's 2021 Putin alright it's punching up I'll be fucking putting you in the council bin I'll be fucking putting that I tell you what we fucking Moscow to jail after all that shit yeah well, two and one. <laughs> no, it's not good. But uh, I'm having a real red scare right did, now. <laughs> I don't even know what that's a reference to. But some kind of podcast for wanks. I think that did you read the thing in the Pitchfork about this album? Um, well, it's every Sunday Pitchfork revisit a classic album that they've never reviewed before, and yeah. they recently reviewed this one. So yeah. that one, there's a great story in it because mm. this whole like it said in the blog the concept of the album is cause according to Graham Parsons is cosmic American music it is playing country rock that's country enough to make rural people conservative people happy but spacey enough to turn the hippies on and educate hippies about the grand uh, history of uh, American musical culture so it's kind of try to heal a nation that was torn apart in 1969 by the Chicago riots and stuff mm. um but they do there's a great story in it where they show up at this bar and like sit in jumpsuits and their nudie suits and with the long hair they're the bums and um the after the show these three guys come up to grand parsons and they're like listen me and my two brothers were going to kick your head in but we really like the way you sing yep so we're going to buy your beer instead and i, I- think that's such a beautiful symbol as an Englishman who performs in Scotland, is something that I've experienced a lot. Listen, pal. I was going to kick your cunt in. I was going to take you outside. Then I seen your jokes about square sausage, and I think, you're all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, isn't it? <laughs> um, they're wearing nudie suits on the front of the album cover. We should explain what nudie suits are. A nudie are. suit is when you are, are fully naked. naked. Yes. Yes. Your birthday uh, costume. Your, your birthday suit. Your birthday party costume, as so Nick the, the would say. the front of this album, they've got all got their hogs out. Mm-hmm. And um, so in that story that Chris just told, they were performing <laughs> hogs out in the backwater. This isn't, this is, this is fiction. This is comedy fiction. A nudie suit is an old country fashion staple. Johnny Cash had one. Elvis had one. Uh, George... They're those rhinestone cowboy suits, you know? They're like the cow- classic cowboy suit with beautiful pearl decorations and mm-hmm. pictures all over him. Graham's one on the album cover has like a marijuana leaf. He has a big hash leaf up his arm and yeah. like pills and like poppies because he's a drug a drug gay. Which um, is um, pretty cool then. Now if I saw someone with fucking... Dude, you can buy one. You can buy a Graham Parsons style nudie suit leather hoodie. I'm going to wear it for my French run. It looks fucking insane because it's like leather hoodie for like gamers who do parkour. But it's like, oh, if you also like the Flying Burrito Brothers, that's perfect. <laughs> so I'm like, who's this for? That's uh, been written by an algorithm. That's for one person. That's yeah. like that. Um, uh, I'm a Scorpio who loves Harry Potter and was born on a Wednesday. Listen, I'm a mother-in-law who was born in January. <laughs> I like I... Line of Duty and wine. <laughs> And if you cross me, you'll find out why no one who has done so has survived. And I also love my sister. (laughs) (laughs) My mum shares memes about how much sisters love each other. I love Succession (laughs) and BDSM. And if you cross me on a Tuesday, I will kill you. One of those t-shirts. Have you seen Succession? You'll like it, I think. I think I will like it. I read that New Yorker interview with a guy who plays Kendall. Oh, yeah. And he seems like a big old wink. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like a wink. His name is Ken Doll. Yeah. No cock. Ken Doll, no cock. He's got a... He's coming up on the list. He's a legendary blues singer. (laughs) 
<laughs> I, but the nudie suits, man, you know, I, I think it's a kind of, it's, that's just, see when a band or an artist has this goal, mm. and fair enough, for a rich guy to basically buy his way into the music industry, that's quite shite. But to take that and go, do you know, I would love to heal America with these country rock songs. Yep. It's, it's and it didn't happen, it didn't work, obviously. Racism is still an issue in America. Uh, I don't know if was he trying to stop racism. He's trying to heal the world. Yeah, race doesn't really come up though. It's more like hippies versus squares. Yeah, hey, it's hippies versus. We should squares. all just listen to country rock. No, I think about it is more. Why are the white people falling out with each other? Yeah, <laughs> it's not much of a introspection into the the south the south. Well, south hippie boy at the end makes reference to the, the Chicago Seven type stuff. Um, yeah, that's true. We should talk about the the guitar, the slide guitar. Just uh, some Sneaky Pete. Sneaky so Pete. is that where... So there's a club in Edinburgh called Sneaky Pete's. And I'll tell you what, they do not play the slide guitar in there. Do you reckon it's named after this guy? It must be. I think it's like... Do you know how people go, Sneaky Pete. Do you know how people go like, oh, I'm Hank Marvin, even if they've never really been into like, you know, yeah, early rock yeah. and roll. It's just, just like Raymond slang. Hank Sneaky Pete. Beats. Because... Yeah, probably, yeah. Treats. Probably beats. Seats. There's no seats in Sneaky Pete's. It's just well, standing they, would, they wouldn't call it Sneaky Pete's then. If it was short for seats. Yeah. Although you're in Edinburgh Fringe, I think it has seats. Kids, anyway. They read poetry in there. <laughs> I've never... Well, maybe there's been a couple of open makes. Um Yeah, maybe Sneaky Pete's is short for something. It's uh, a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful uh, uh, lap pedal. Um, right, so this album came out. They did another one, and uh, and then, um, I mean, Ingram was chucked out of the band. Basically, his uh, his drug taking got worse and worse. He went on tour with Emmylou Harris. Yeah, the Anna Solo Records, which I think is called GP. Mm. Him and her basically do duets the whole time, and I still he retrained she... as a junior doctor. <laughs> 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 Haven't heard duetted, and I she's cropped up in the enjoying album female singer songwriter extended universe absolutely to an incredible degree, and I've been wanting to listen to her since I was sixteen because she's on the Bright Eyes record. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm way awake this morning, which is one of my favorite albums, and she's beautiful voice, and I think I mean there's a song Emmy Lou is on the playlist. Dedicated to Emily Harris. It's not by her, though, is it? No, but it, I mean, she, I'm just saying she, she is a part of the Enjoying Album Extended Universe for sure. Mm -hmm. She'll be she'll be popping up in a post credit sequence soon. I think she's she's in a because I was reading this thing about country music and this list comparing the country musicians that are on this list compared to the ones who were taken off the last time. Mm. Basically, Miranda Lambert um, and people like Lucinda Williams and Tammy Wynette. They are on it because they're trying to put more women on it, and that's great. But people are upset because some of the guys that have been taken off, like uh, uh, George Jones, yep, who's generally considered the greatest country musician of all time, um, this came up in our mailbag app as well. Sorry, no, I wasn't. I wasn't telling you not to say it. It was just like I was just saying, hey, I don't uh, want to bore these. No, bastards. not at all. So, hey, regular listeners will recognise this name from. Uh -huh. I'm just. George, you know, George, you're so sensitive. I'm a sensitive guy. People don't know that. Yeah. Maybe they do. I do. Yeah. You need to put up with it. Listen, hell. this isn't a therapy session. We're talking about the Rolling Stone greatest albums for 500 times. All right. So we're going to talk about um, Graham's death. He was uh, he died at the age of 26. Um, I, I think another way I've heard of him without actually listening to him is the fact that he will crop up on these 27 club lists even though he was 26 mm -hmm. but you'll be like okay Kurt Cobain Jimi Hendrix Janis Joplin Amy Winehouse and then it'll be like well he kind of and I'm like man who's this this guy keeps popping up in Music Quest Grand Parsons but I don't know who he is so we're going to talk about his death and the subsequent m m capers surrounding oh. it I don't know any of this stuff mate this is fucking great and in fact there are I'm, I'm going to read some direct passages because Go for it, this is what probably the funniest writing on a wikipedia page i've i've ever seen okay so first off um at a f when he was touring with um emily harris he met 
um, a guy called Phil Kaufman, who had spent time in prison with Charles Manson, right? And uh, Kaufman was one of their road managers, and they became very close friends, and they were doing drugs together very rec- uh, very regularly. Um, at the funeral of another friend, um, which is... One of my favorite emo bands, by the way. Graham told Kaufman and a few other people, when he dies, when I die, I want my ashes to be scattered at Joshua Tree National Park. Wow. Uh, Graham was taking a lot of drugs regularly and he became obsessed with Joshua Tree and kept going out there, taking psychedelics and seeing UFOs. Mm-hmm. So he was out there one night. Um, he, Him and two other people were in a bar and he bought six shots of tequila um, for him and these two other people. The two other people were not drinking. Really? Like, I'm not drinking. One of them was ill. The other one was like sober. So he's like, all right, I'll fucking do them. So he drank the six shots of tequila. That was on top of everything else that he'd had. He then went back to his hotel room, uh, having just bought morphine from another customer there. Sure. Um, him and her took the morphine, and then he just he passed out. And basically, like, slowly began to stop breathing. This is how he died, right? So um, That's how they put down dogs. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a, a, you know, it's morphine and a fuck ton of alcohol, mm. right? Bad combo. Absolutely. I feel late, wait. So, um, the attempt hospital, he's pronounced dead, like, you know, straight away. Uh, the next day, Kaufman goes to the hospital and finds out that they are going to take his body to New Orleans, um, where, like, his family are, or whatever. Right. But he wanted to go to Joshua Tree. Well, they was in Joshua Tree. Oh. So, Kaufman is like, well, hold up, we're here. <laughs> this is where he wants to be cremated. Kaufman is a fucking insane drunk as well, by the way. Now, this I'm just going to read you this passage, okay? And feel free to, but, to, to interrupt when you wish, right? Okay, <clears throat> okay so... Um, Kaufman and his friend Martin arrived at uh, LAX in a Cadillac hearse and impersonated workers of a funeral parlour. Wow. Kaufman signed papers there as Jeremy Nobody. <laughs> and there was a patrolman there who Kaufman requested, uh, your, can you move your car? You're behind the hearse so that we can load the casket back into this hearse. And he's like, well, this is weird. I mean, the hearse just arrived to go on this plane, but these guys have a hearse, so I guess this is official. See, when people show up with a hearse, you give them the benefit of the doubt. The patrolman helped Kaufman and Martin, who were struggling to move the coffin. As a result of his nervousness in the presence of the patrolman and his previous consumption of alcohol, Martin drove the car into the wall of the aircraft hangar in front of the officer. <laughs> the patrolman evidently did not suspect them of any legal illegal activity as he left them let him go with Grand Parsons' body. So that's thing number one, right? Yeah. They turned up, hammered, stole his body, signed as Jeremy Nobody. Yeah, brilliant improvisation, and then crashed a car. And the, <laughs> the, the officer's like, seems legit. Um, when they got back, when they got to Joshua Tree, they opened the casket, poured in five gallons of gasoline, set the body on fire, and left. Okay, <laughs> that's how he wanted to go. On the way back to LA, the two stopped to sleep off their drunkenness. When they woke up, the hearse did not start, and Kaufman had to hike to reach a mechanical shop. The hearse started again after a few repairs, and the two returned to the road, where they were later involved in a car pile-up <laughs> on the highway and rear-ended another car. A police officer handcuffed them both when several beer cans fell from their vehicle as one of the doors opened. While the officer went to assure no other drivers were hurt in the accident, Martin slipped his hand out of the cuffs and fled with Kaufman. Yes, who do you need that? Since the officer did not take the officer's license of either one, <laughs> nor even the license plate number, he could not identify them. That's class. So, um, great story for when he's in, like, you know, doing they were, recovery. Uh, I mean, in what what happened was. Um, was some hikers found a half-burned-to-death body in a casket, reported it, and then the police, through like, uh, various mugshots and descriptions, eventually found out it was them. But there was no law against stealing a dead body. Mm-hmm. so they're only As there char- shouldn't be, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, so they're only charged with um, stealing the, uh, the, the actual coffin mm-hmm. 
and um, they couldn't prove any drink driving, so they only got like a 30-day sentence and $750 fine. That's uh, fine. Which they then held a fundraiser for all like their mates, mm-hmm. and they just had a huge party. That's great. And it was called like um, it was called like the big coffin caper, like at a <laughs> nightclub, and they just raised loads of money and they just paid it off that way. <laughs> now you might be thinking, "Wow, that sounds like it'd make a great movie." Yeah, and you'd be right. What? Well, no, you'd be wrong. Because it actually made a terrible movie. What film was it? A movie, Despicable Me Too. A movie um, starring... It was called um, The Grand Theft Parsons. I think I've heard of that. Starring Johnny Knoxville. Oh. Christina Applegate. Oh. And Michael Shannon. Oh, good. Currently has 37% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Is it like a cult classic, though? No. Or is it? No. Okay. No, it's it's generally a, understood to be quite How a bad... How can you mess up that story? Well, because I think... Um, I like Johnny Knoxville and Christina Applegate and Mike Shannon, you know. Michael Shannon's incredible. Yeah. And I you wonder what went wrong. I think uh, from the reviews I read, it was a very bad script. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it was a bit too wacky. Yeah. Um, well, there's no real... Not to be a wank about it, but there's no real danger. Mm. It's like our friends died. And when it, I get no, I get I mean, get, Well, have you, you seen it? Um, but nothing bad happens. They don't learn any lessons other than the lesson of it's class to what? steal stuff and get drunk and be a dick. What's that? It's a, what's that great film? Great with story, S- Steve Carell, uh, the drive across America in a bus. Little Miss Sunshine. Little Miss Sunshine. A little bit like that. Don't we? They steal a dead body in that, don't they? Yeah, yeah. And that's really funny. That's done well. Yeah. This unfortunately apparently was not. Divorce, bankruptcy, suicide. It's my favourite bit. That's a great movie. When Paul Dano screams at his family. I remember for a podcast that I recorded and never released, I interviewed Maisie Adams mm-hmm. about her favourite things, and that was her favourite movie. And we spoke about it for about 40 minutes. I watched it probably 40 times when I was a teenager. It's got that amazing song by Devochka in it, mm-hmm. which I really love. Playlist pick? Potential, but it's a little bit... Um, we have we have mentioned it, but it's a little bit tenuous. It's tangential, for sure. And I've got a I've got a good playlist pick. Anyway, let's get on to the album. Um what did you think? Uh I'll just say this. Probably my favourite album so far on the list. Whoa. Yeah. High praise. As a new thing. You know, mm. I've I've listened to some of the other stuff before I got into it. I'm absolutely head over heels for this record. I've been getting into country. Obviously it's not traditional country, it's kind of psychedelic country rock. But Cosmo, what does he call it? Cosmic, Cosmic American, American music. music. It's funny because um, Chris Hillman in that um, Pitchfork um, review. Yeah, he disagrees. He says, he said, what is Cosmic American music? That's a made up term. It doesn't mean anything. Uh-huh. Well, I get, I understand what well, he means. says. It's just country with a bit more of a backbeat. But then I was, I was looking at the, the history of country and there was a huge um, fallout about putting drums on songs. Mm. People were really upset because drums were considered a black person thing. Really? Uh, oh, that makes no sense. <laughs> well, I came for like jazz and they were like, we don't want no stinking jazz, even though all the Nashville A team were using uh, Django Reinhardt's by guitar lines and their guitar solos, but yeah. whatever. Uh, but, um, so this is like really out there for a country fan to listen to. But well, this I, is kind of, um, there was like a sort of a, a backlash against even the, the clean cut of Nashville. Mm-hmm was like very slick and this was like a, around a time there's, there's like a type of this is lo-fi they, not deliberately they weren't like let's do a lo-fi record it yeah. was like we are too drunk to make a good record it has an issue where one singer's voice Graham Parsons voice and then this Chris guy one of the voices always tracked to the left ear and one of the voices always tracked to the right ear and if you have a dodgy headphone it's going to sound like shit yeah, so this is like early on in terms of experimenting with mono and stereo, right? Mm-hmm. So it's recorded in stereo with one of them having a different track each, which I think, I mean, sometimes you listen to a podcast and they've got different, a track each and one person each year. It kind of, it can sound like you're sort of there. Like, it's not good. But it doesn't generally work, does it? No, it's, it's, that's not how, you <laughs> know, totally, it's, it's bad. Um, no offense if you're listening and you have a podcast that this, does that. This isn't an album that the where we're like, oof, the Chris production. No, but if they had done that, it would sound very dated. It's the thing we always talk about. If you record it raw, it's raw forever. 
If you record it glossy, you're frozen in time like a mosquito in amber. Yeah, so um, it's this sort of half country, half psychedelic. And before we move on, that thing of having one thing panned in the left channel, one thing panned in the right channel. I used to have a pair of headphones when I had my iPod Shuffle where one of them didn't work. And there's a Slayer record called Rain and Blood. And in at the end of the final track, Raining Blood, um, there's a bit where Kerry King and the other guitarist have like a guitar off, like they do really solos. So it's like... Dueling banjo sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, but like insane thrash guitar. Dueling. Uh, yeah, dueling thrashing. And one of my headphones didn't work. So it was just like, and then just like nothing. And then silent. And did you know when you first heard it that, <laughs> yeah. that was what was happening? Yeah, I was like, well, I was like, fucking, this is a weird version of this it. This isn't a duel. This is a massacre. Yeah. One guy's not even responding. He's not even trying. Oh, but it reminded me of that, which is should be on this list, Rain and Blood by Slayer. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've enjoyed it, I think, pretty much all the way through. It's another, there's no, I would say there's no real filler. Um, no, it's cool, and uh, there's a good mix of like different I- instruments and different styles. Even it's not you, you, like, a lot of criticism of country just goes, "All oh, these songs sound the same, but these ones don't because they're taking influence from different types." And uh, Sin City, setting track, kind of the t- one of the things where it's like, okay, it's not the title track, but the title of that one definitely reflects the, that track, Sin City. And it's like this old earthquake is gonna leave me yeah. in the poorhouse which is very relatable as somebody who has just suffered suffered financially due to an apocalyptic event i find it weird when artists name their albums after a song on the album mm-hmm. i feel like it's a bit much it's a bit of a neon sign like huh this is a good one yeah <laughs> yeah it doesn't say it doesn't say to me this is a a concept no. There are themes throughout that says, hey, there's this one. You'll love this. The others are all right. Metallica did it a couple of times. Would you call your um, a friend show after the best joke in the show? I'd try to do that, but you, you know, you're not finished writing it. So yeah. that happened with my friend show there, I had, I was, or the one before that. I had that, this is going to be the joke, but then that joke then never worked. Yep. So by the time I got around to doing the show, it was... You know, this was uh, your 2018 show, Garlic Bread. Yeah, <laughs> it was called Dipping Biscuits and Tea, and it turns out some other guys done it before no. me. <laughs> so I was pretty upset, but got a good crowd. Then people thought it was a tribute to somebody. somebody I um, it. I really like the last track on this album. It's called Hippie Boy. It's like a spoken word. Well, you can say you don't like it. No, that I don't like it. I just want to hear what you like about it. You know what it really reminded me of. That Mick Jagger song on some ghettos where he's like, I went down to the Colored People radio station. No. No? It reminded me of the opening scene of The Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where you have them... And it took me ages to figure out what it was reminding me of, but you have that song, The Tumbling, Tumbling, Tumbleweeds. We the tumbling weeds. And that and Sam ha- Elliott comes over with an That's it. You don't have a spoken word bit in the song, but you have Sam Elliott talk. Well, sometimes there's a man. And sometimes there's garlic bread. And sometimes people say garlic bread together. Sometimes you eat the bar. Sometimes the bar eats you. The tumbling weed. Really dipping in heavily into films I loved when I was 17 on this episode. Just, that that's what I'm hoping to do, yeah, man. Yeah. But I was going to say uh, the Rolling Stones and Bob Dylan both loved this record. They loved mm-hmm. Graham. They thought he was a right laugh because he was very wealthy and they were wealthy, so great. Um, even though he was wealthy, not because his music was successful, which it wasn't. Uh, but I think that song on Some Girls is like 10 years after he's dead and they're like, God, he was class. Let's just do a song like Happy Boy. Yeah. You know? Um, and. Keith Richards in that. I only watched a wee bit of that documentary on YouTube. I'm not going to be able to add that to the canon of bad YouTube documentaries because it's fucking class. It's actually uh, it's like a full length two hour yeah. documentary about Grand Parsons' life. Yeah, but it's just on YouTube and no one's taking it down. But there's a bit where Keith Richards at the start of that goes, "Well, we had a kind of uh, we had a term for it, high lonesome. High lonesome is a great 
genre tag for this record. It makes me think of like um, my dad took me to Disneyland Paris when I and when I was like eleven, mm. and uh, it was in winter, so it was dead in the theme park. But because it was so cold, but it was like that roller coaster that's like canyons, like Western canyons for like Roadrunner cartoons. Those big Space Mountain. No, no, that's no. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm just trying to you know name... those canyons, though. Do you know what I'm talking about? The big cartoon canyons. Yeah, right. Wiley Coyote, yeah, sort of shit. Wiley Coyote type canyons. But it was winter in France, so there was like icicles hanging from them. And high lonesome as a term makes me think of sitting, like going back in time, sitting on top of the canyon, smoking a joint on a frozen canyon, and watching me and my dad on a roller coaster. Wait, hold up. What? So wait, hang on. So, it makes you think of smoking a joint and watching your previous younger self on a roller coaster. Yeah. Right, okay. That alone, that's the most lonely you could be. Yeah, well, I know. I thought for a second you were 11 years old smoking a joint with your dad in... No, no, this is about time travel. This is this album <laughs> makes me think about that kind of fake French canyon from a theme park. Um, Keith Richards is maybe partly responsible for, um, you know, the undoing of Grand Parsons because it was him. He was responsible for the undoing of probably. He's got a body count in the hundreds. He really fucking does. Like that's maybe a new feature. We should. uh, An interview (laughs) episode. He's Keith Richards, somewhat responsible for this person's death because he fucking really got Graham into heavy drugs, and Graham used to go and stay with the Rolling Stones, and the rest of the Rolling Stones hated him because he was so so fucked all the time and rolling about the place, but Keith loved country music, so they would sit around and just play country He introduced them to country forth. music, yeah, pretty much. Uh, so, like, there was this period when he was going hanging out, Graham was going out hanging out with the Rolling Stones instead of working on his burritos band, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the me. Stones were playing arenas and basketball fucking stadiums and... Um, the Brio brothers were playing like nightclubs to 30 people and doing terribly because they were all on different drugs. Yeah. If your whole band's on speed, you're having a very good time with each other and you're going places. <laughs> if one of you is on speed, one of you is on acid, one of you is on heroin and one of you is, you know, doing dry, dry January, you're going to struggle. Do you want to say dry January again? Dry January. <laughs> and we've not even covered this. I was, I put this album on. Mm-hmm. And then four tracks in, oh yeah, I hear on the dark end of the street, and I'm like, where will always me? Wait a goddamn! I've heard this song before. I'm getting, I'm getting the Linda Ronstadt vibes. I'm getting those Ronstadt shivers up my spine. She's back, baby. She can't go away. Yeah, every ep. She's in a well. Yeah. She's part of the fabric of modern music. She is like the Doctor Strange of our extended Don't make it don't make it rubbish. Okay. Don't make it lame. I think Doctor Strange is cool. But whatever. <laughs> I like Doctor Sicko. That's what I like. Because <laughs> that's me. Goddamn sicko. I saw a version of that meme today, but it was Cisco in the window and he was looking at a song. great. Yes. Instead yes. of yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So um, there's a cover of the 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 song that Linda Ronstadt covered. That's that's already on the playlist as well. I think. Yeah, I think that was the song I liked most. It's a great song. Mm. Did you? I read about the story of it. Uh, basically, these two songwriters were locked in a hotel room and they went and the, the guy for the record agency was like, write a song about cheating, and they went, fuck. Nobody leaves this hotel room until you write me a hit. Yeah, and then they did. And now it's one of the most covered songs in music history. I listened to a couple of covers of it. Right. There's a great one by Lee Scratch Perry, which is like a r- upbeat, but, you know, it's quite maudlin. I like that type of reggae where it's like sad, but it's still reggae. Yep. Uh, so he does a kind of dub version of it that's wonderful. Mm. Richard and Linda Thompson, another pair of... What the fuck? Yeah, it's all coming together. Whoa. Boys to Men? Boys to Men done a cover of it. No, they didn't. No, no, no. I wish they did. I think they would do a good cover of it. It would sound amazing. At the dark end, dark of, the end of the street. Dark end of the street. That's what we mean. <laughs> dark end of the street, the street, the street. Um, That'd make a great Mr. Bean montage as well. <laughs> well, he was, at the, he was at the dark end of the street, but then that big beam came down. <laughs> Is that what the song's about? Is it about Mr. Bean? 
<laughs> the alien spaceship Fuck. knocked him off. Shut up. <laughs> Can't even laugh at that. <laughs> um, but yeah, all the way through the record, it is quite a moralistic album. Mm. You know, it's all about sinful towns and sin city and um and like obviously hippie boy at the end's a kind of monologue about gee whiz can we not all get along as white people and mm-hmm. hot burrito number one hot burrito number two very cool names for songs i i'm not I, i'm kind of i keep oscillating between cool names for songs and terrible names for songs mm-hmm. i love hot burrito number two it's my favorite song on the album mm-hmm. but much like the band's name i'm like what are you doing yeah why are you calling it that i think it's self-sabotage um maybe a bit they do i mean yeah graham has that in him you yeah. know they're kind of i love that quality in a person yeah as someone you know as a person i think it's great uh to from afar when it's someone you know or you're working with imagine you're in the band you're a fucking drummer for these guys and like, this is a great song man i'm happy to be with this band what are you calling this Hot Burrito number two. But it's about love and, Do you and have like to? heartbreak. Yeah, but you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's so many good songs on it. My Uncle's a kind of anti-war anthem. There's a bit that kind of annoys me on that song where it's like, um, they asked me about my mom and papa. And it's talking about like the draft. Mm. And that don't seem to me to be so fair. And it's like, dude, they were drafting poor people, man. They weren't drafting citrus magnates yeah who were getting on a trust fund wage of 30 grand a year yeah to fucking do whatever they want yeah um i will say this the vocal arrangements between the two of them incredible very influenced by the everly brothers mm-hmm. and as soon as, as soon as you read that you're like hell yeah i get that um so the two of them singing alongside each other uh i don't listen to it on headphones and the stereo version basically because it sounds weird even then we were listening to it on your wee computer here your uh, home built gaming pc and uh, uh the game station i like to call it yeah the game station event the epic towers. monster uh <laughs> the, the epic monster center you know your keyboard lights up and that's very all well and good but you even you have like you know you have the traditional setup of your speakers one to the left of your two monitors and then one at the right of your two monitors thank you for mentioning that i have two monitors i'm a serious gamer he's a serious gamer he has to play bloodborne and sekiro at the same time yeah and there's um, no bloodborne pc port but come on now <laughs> oh yes <laughs> we can't be come on we'll get letters gaming pcs are for losers <laughs> i think that uh even then you could hear one of the voices come out one and one of the other and it just doesn't sound it's purely recorded music. Yeah. <laughs> like. There is that. There is that. Oh, my God. Chris, is this a flawed masterpiece? I'm ashamed to say this is a flawed masterpiece. Wow. Probably the best record we've listened to so far, as far as I'm concerned. Holy shit. And obviously, that's quite a sad take. But I've got really into country this year. You know what's great about it as well? Like, just in terms of the story of us looking at the list mm-hmm. and we kind of had to decide early on right are we going to do these in order uh-huh. and we decided to there's a nice uh, there's a I regret that sometimes but we're doing it That's well nice. yeah well we're worried about sometimes there being uh, you know weeks in a row of you know uh, lesser known bands mm-hmm. and this was the example that I pulled up at the time like we're going to fucking listen to the Flying Burrito Brothers yeah and then for that now to be your number one favourite discovery of the album list so far I yeah. think it's beautiful it's very beautiful. The list understands narrative arcs. I don't want to get into what the list does and doesn't understand and how <laughs> it's shaped by various forces. Uh, we will discuss that on the mailbag episode, or we have discussed it in the mailbag episode, depending on when this comes out. But, yes, believe in the list. But believe, uh, do you believe in a... Think of list. <laughs> do you believe in list after list? Oh, I thought you were talking about the darkness. You are talking about share. Well, I, no, I mean... It's called riffing. Is I believe in a thing called love a response to share? Yeah. Wow. That's great. Do you believe in love after love? I believe in a thing called love. (laughs) (laughs) I can feel something inside me. When she said, I can feel something inside me. You know what she's talking about. She's talking about the pain. She's talking about that beef. The flying the beef, beef peen. brothers. <laughs> She's talking about the flying or the flying beef peen. The beef burrito. 
Um, no, I, I confused something to say myself. Uh, maybe she's talking. About, no, I think she's talking about inner fortitude. To, I think she's talking about inner fucking. <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> if you are able to, if you're not, I respect that as well. You do you. This is the message of the podcast. Hey, did you enjoy an album? Did I enjoy an album? I thoroughly enjoyed an album. Great. It's up there with the best of them. Um, I think it's hilarious that he had all the chances in the world to be the biggest rock band. He had the money, had the friends, mm. and he fucked it. Had the talent, had the incredible ambition. Yeah, you know, total he, ambition. Uh, he's been described as been wanting to be famous basically from the day he was born. Not just ambition in terms of careerism, but also conceptually. You know, yep. with the things he wanted to achieve with this record, and the things he wanted to put into his nose and his body. He was very, very ambitious with the amount of morphine mm-hmm. that he took the night they died and ultimately flew too close to the sun as we will do wings made of hash wow <laughs> uh, what song are you going to add to the playlist you've got to ask me if I enjoyed the thing first every week I ask you oh, first no, I'm sorry. you forget yeah, to ask I, me I'm back so, I love you're the so play- self-centered I'm, no it's not that you don't I'm, care I'm, whether or not I enjoy the I'm, album well I'm playlist centred mm-hmm. alright I can't wait to get the playlist my favourite bit Liam, when you were listening to this album, mm. did you enjoy it? Yes, I did. Thoroughly. I don't know if I can put it in the lofty heights that you have. You know, I'm not sure if I'm willing to commit to calling it the best album so far or the most enjoyable album experience so far. It is definitely an album I will return to. Mm. I haven't been getting in. You know, this kind of suits where you're sitting musically at the moment because you're getting into country. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a perfect discovery at a perfect time. Yeah. Um but I did really enjoy it. I loved learning about Graham Parsons. I loved the story about his body being stolen. Hilarious. That's cool. The album is good all the way through. I'd say it passes Liam's dinner party test. If, if you, saw, you it, saw this in the bop shop mm-hmm. for £10, would you pick it up? Every day. £15. Mm. Original or repressing? Either. Original, 100%. Twi- yeah. Well, if it was a reissue for 22 quid, then fuck, you wouldn't pick it up. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so. I don't know. It depends what kind of mood I'm in. Yeah. But like, not, if I not saw this definite. in the window of Oxide Music for 40 quid, I would think about it. Um, If it was like coloured vinyl. I think I, they did that in 1969. No, but if it's a reissue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reissue on clear splattered vinyl. And it has bits of Grand Parsons. Uh, splatter. <laughs> Bit of there scorched, wasn't enough of them left to split. Bit of a scorched um, body. Probably pretty dehydrated by the end of that. If it's got like a fiery tint. Uh huh. Defo. Um, okay, let's hit the playlist picks. I want to stick on uh, Sin City because it's just so really meaningful to me and it is quite religious, but it's that kind of thing where it sounds like a gospel song, but um, it's about the end of the world and it's about people being mental and it just feels like the end of the world just now in my personal life uh, not in my personal life in my current you know 60 years later mm-hmm. pretty much 50 years later it feels pretty apocalyptic and I'm sure it felt apocalyptic in 1969 as well um, I'm going to go with Hot Burrito number one I thought Hot Burrito number two was your favourite oh, this is the, the thing about having them <laughs> stupid names right look, I'm like right sorry okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to it is I'm going to go with Hot Burrito number two you're going to go with Hot Burrito number two. And the reason I got confused about Hot Burrito number one uh-huh. is because my extra playlist pick is going to be Elvis Costello's cover of Hot Burrito number one, which he sensibly renamed <laughs> I'm Your Toy. Yeah, it's a much better name, isn't it? And I listened to it earlier and it's fucking really cool. You're a big Costello head? I like, whenever I listen to Elvis Costello, I'm like, I like this guy, I should listen to him more. And then I don't listen to him and for three years. And then you go, oh, he's got 40 albums, no thanks. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to him coming up and us being able to get a proper deep dive on his seminal works. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of his, uh, his bigger hits. Mm-hmm. The first album, the fourth album, the one where he has 3D glasses on the cover. Mm-hmm. I've done it all. It sounds like it. What's your second <laughs> choice? Uh, well, you know, a lot of people said when 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 Graham Parsons was in the Birds, somebody was like, "We hired uh, Graham as a piano player," and he ended up being a a, a satin-clad George Jones. 
Hmm. And uh, I think I tried to get this in the playlist, but it didn't quite fit. But uh, George Jones is regarded by some as the greatest country singer of all time. And I've never heard him before I started doing this podcast and started getting more into music I didn't know about. And he has a song called White Lightning, which is now, do you know how there was Spotify wrapped? Yep. I have Apple Music most played, which sucks. Yeah, that's it's lame. shit. Come on. It's like having a dream cast when everybody's got a PS2. Just get a Spotify. I'm not going to do that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's that's probably the seventh most listened to song this year. Is the original version of White Lightning by George Jones, which is the first number one single he ever had that was written by the big bopper but released after the plane crash that claimed his life and uh, it's not big really big bopper yeah the big bopper went down on a big topper I don't know this I don't know either <laughs> it just felt fun to say uh, no it's a fun name the big bopper died and he wrote this song right before he died and it's class and it's about uh, brewing moonshine and there's a great bit where he goes woo white lightning Great. Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll let you have that. Don't. I think it's me who's going to be putting this on the playlist or yourself. Um, please don't put on the later version of White Lightning by George Jones, where it's got like keyboards and stuff. I want the original 1959, I think, version. Oh, it is a great. There's a great version of it on TV in black and white, and the guitar player's like walking into shot when he does a solo, and then he like walks out. Everybody's like pulling his ears and shit during it. It's like really fun. Great. Um and next week. Next week, this is pretty exciting. We are doing an album that we've both listened to before, which is always fun. Mm. But I don't know if I've ever listened to it all the way through. Interesting guy is going to be for Emma, forever ago. By Bonnie Ver. It's going to be a interesting one. I think there's a lot of people who are going to have hot takes about this album. Uh, Popular modern album. Yeah. I've actually discovered some early writings that Bond did in his cabin, and I'm excited to share them. Okay, I look forward to that. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Remember, you can access the playlist on the uh, podcast description. Um, it's a Spotify playlist, and it's like eight hours of our favourite songs. Um, and we've got a back catalogue of about 40 episodes now, coming close to it. Um, so, you know, it's... Uh, it's a good it's a good back catalogue. I'm happy. I think it's fun to do. And if you're enjoying <laughs> listening to it, I respect that and I respect you. Yeah, we respect you. You are valid. Um have yourselves a great week and we'll see you next week for Bonnever with Forever Forever ago. Oh my god. <laughs> Can you fucking learn how to read, bro? Somebody's <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm calling it from now on. Forever 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 ago. Oh yeah. Forever, forever, I'm breaking my heart. Have a great week. Bye.